I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Pat. Question for you. Is mutating viruses in monkeys bad? My understanding, it's unethical. Might one suggest this is maybe a new cartoon that we could come up with? You know, maybe the uh, the Pfizer COVID mutant shot. Heroes in a jab. Pfizer power. That sounds like a ripoff of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but uh, sure. Right, but th- they drink the, the, the they're mutants. Yeah. A- and, well... We just heard from Project Veritas that um, Pfizer is <clears throat> considering. By considering, you mean they are probably already doing? Mutating the COVID-19 virus and injecting it into live monkeys. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Have you not seen the documentary Planet of the Apes? Pat, that was not a documentary. That was a... Um, a fictitious movie starring Charlton or Charles Heston or Charlton Heston, whatever. Uh, well, well, okay. What about the rise of the planet of the apes? Also a fictitious movie. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. I cannot believe I'm uttering the words mutated viruses in monkeys. Yet here we are on this edition of critical thinking. Oh boy, Pat. I I just I just what the hell is going on <laughs> at this point in time. So yesterday Project Veritas dropped in an email and uh, dropped hints on Twitter that they were going to be talking about COVID-19 and they had a new um, undercover video. We weren't sure exactly where this was going to go or what was going on, but I am pretty sure on the odds makers odds list, mutated COVID in monkeys was never <laughs> even a thing that would have been on that list. 
yet, Pat. We are going to discuss that in a deep dive Thursday because we are going to break down what was given to us in a smaller segment yesterday. I'm sure Project Veritas, as they do all the time, is going to give us the other parts of of their undercover sting. Um, We have that in the mix. We've got uh, the B or not the B as well. And uh, we're going to just, I think, rip the Band-Aid off here because if you weren't paying attention last night, um, Project Veritas releases a video about a high-level executive researcher, right? Um, This is a guy that's not exactly low on the food chain. Well, he's an executive. Right. That's my point. He's an executive, but he's also a researcher, right? So, like, this guy knows his scientific stuff. And what, as I watched the full 10-minute video, we're not going to show all of it here because that would be plagiarism, and we're not about that, unlike our current president of the United States, Mr. Joseph Marionette Biden. Now, don't get us wrong. We are firmly in the camp of imitation and ripping off good ideas and making them, tweaking them, because that's what everybody does. That's what Microsoft did. That's what Google did. That's what every good business does is take a good idea that is failing and iterate on it and make it a success. Now, that being said, uh, we are not about plagiarism. So we're going to break down certain parts of the video, but you you can watch the whole thing on the Project Veritas uh, Twitter feed. It's about nine and a half, almost 10 minutes long. Um, But let's just start with the very first part of this video, Pat, because my mind was blown within a minute and 30 seconds in. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can, we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of the things we're considering. Okay. Like, the future, like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was, an, <laughs> it was a thought that came up in a meeting, and we were like, why Why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that with more discussions. Okay. That exact reaction, right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. <laughs> people will like that. Now, again, you saw it on the screen. This is the director. The director of research for in strategic planning, right, for mRNA vaccinations, for mRNA. And, and I've said this in the past, Pat, when when I've t- used the, the, Amazon, uh, the, Amazon, the Amazon documentary that I've talked about, right, where there's literally doctors who are talking about harvesting our own organs or growing our own organs when we buy a pig. And allow that pig to grow human organs alongside of its own life, right? And how they don't seem to get any sort of moral compass or moral implication out of this. It is just humanity, humanity, humanity. It seems to trip the trigger, at least with this guy, that, wait a second, human beings might go, what the fudge? Um, I, I just have a question on, on, on this. Mm-hmm. 
are people really this stupid? Because here he is, he's being recorded. I, I understand he doesn't know he's being recorded. But to have a high-ranking position like this and to come out and say this, and he's going to say some more stuff here in a second. Oh, yeah. Folks, yeah, and, if and, you and, thought and, this and, was bat nuts, you ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing yet. But but how how are you this stupid? You you got it. there. There has to be some sort of like non disclosure agreement or something like that at Pfizer where you can't talk about this kind of stuff to the general public. Uh, there has still to make it worse. Oh it, no, I I don't disagree. Okay. But this this dude's got to be out of a job, right? Well, I would suspect that that would be the case uh, very quickly. Mm. But, Pat, um, notice how you put this in hypothetical terms, right? See, if, if, if he's putting it in hypothetical terms, are they already doing it? So there's <clears> – <throat> I'm going to be abundantly clear about this. There is nothing wrong with having a conversation and thinking through the ethics and thinking through the the moral implications of this or that or that that's we, fair. This is a road we're not going to go down, or this is a road that we're going to go down, or whatever have mm. you. I have no problem with that because that's exactly what should happen. Right, and again, that's but, fair. But but the end result the end of this portion of the conversation is simply this if they were not doing it or if this wasn't in, under <clears throat> advanced consideration i'll just put it that way um yeah we had that discussion and um we thought better of it because this has um um really bad implications and we're we're just not nope 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 there's a line that we're not willing to cross, right? <clears throat> and ultimately, what's coming out of here for me in this first video is not that they're willing to look into COVID-19 and understand how maybe a new technology, right? Because I am a tech guy. Like, I absolutely love technology. But the problem with a lot of people who love technology and are pushing the boundaries of technology don't understand is that there's also intelligent design and things that we should not and will not be able to cross. Because as I look at the Bible, right, and you know, my wife and I were doing the Bible in a year right now. And we're at we're at Exodus right now. And as we got through Genesis, the stories of Genesis, right, are people favored by God, right? Who have turned away from sinfulness in their own life, right? Who then were rewarded by God. But those who continued to sin, those who continued down that path of destruction, were ultimately destroyed. Like, you know, everybody talks about, oh my God, you see all this incest and all this, uh, this, this, and this, right? But what you don't understand about that story and what you don't understand about the book of Genesis, apparently, is that this is God's lesson to humanity that you either heed my word that you that you worship me and I reward you 
not in your time, in my time, not in your eyes, but in my eyes, or you are going to be destroyed. So, yeah, sure, we could theoretically understand that artificial intelligence is something, right? But whose intelligence? What intelligence? Right? Could we implant a chip into our brain and, and have we replaced God? No. We have still have yet to replace God. Why? Because it's, because we still don't know the whole story, and we never will. The only perfectible version of ourselves comes from what? And this isn't about perfecting ourselves, by the way. Okay? This is about us being lazy people, for in my view. But when we get back to this Pfizer shot and this mutation that they're talking about, right? They're going to mutate the virus. I have no problem with them attempting to understand the virus on a scientific level and understand how we can interact with it and protect ourselves from something that is deadly, as long as God is the one that is opening the eyes of how we're doing this research, right? So for instance, the polio vaccine, right? We're, we worked to develop this forever, and, and it did not become something that we did willy-nilly. The influenza vaccination, right? That came in its own due time. mRNA vaccinations are a different breed. Why? Because we're not talking about the virus. We're talking about mutating ourselves on some level. And that's ultimately what we're seeing in the research that is coming out today. Okay, the the vast majority of the research is is suggestive that we are altering something within our own system, not that we are injecting a virus. Right. Because what we know about as God has revealed to us. That. Our body's immune system works in a certain way, and if we can help stimulate that response, that's fine but we're not stimulating it artificially per se because what we're usually doing is injecting live virus, right? Or dead virus that will allow our body to produce an immune response and thus if it ever happens again within a certain time frame or whatever have you, you boom, you're done. That's not what's being suggested here. They're suggesting that they're going to take a look at the actual virus itself, start mutating it and experimenting on other of God's creation for the perfectibility of humanity? Is that where we're going? Well, Pat, you bet your ass that's where they're going. So the way that we're thinking about it, don't tell anyone what's going on. You got to publish your own time. You got to publish your own time. Okay, bro. So um, the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we should not prefer. And then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you just see the mutation. And you kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like you know it's those everywhere. Something Which crazy. But is the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. And, like yeah, I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just 
And no, I don't have COVID. <laughs> I um, swallowed down the wrong pipe. Um, thoughts there, Pat. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you unpack this. I, I I'm curious as to what the ethics are here. My my understanding is that it's not ethical to do this. Um, <laughs> you, you think? You think this is about as ethical as cutting the vocal cords out of beagles so that you don't right, hear them right. scream as you right. are uh, experimenting on them while they're alive. Oh, and then also letting like letting flesh eating flies sit on their face. Correct. While doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, this is. Um, it, it, it seems to me like like <laughs> like they're already doing it is what it seems like. I, I can't say that per se but it's this is this is vile to say the least and and to sit there and say like oh promise promise you won't tell anybody promise you won't tell anybody so you got something to hide if you're doing that quick question for you though which mm. part of the or is it the totality of it do you believe is what they've already done uh, because i believe that they are looking at at ways to mutate and understand the proteins. I don't believe they've actually injected into monkeys like that. That's a, almost I, a bridge I, too far for me. I, I don't believe they've gone yeah, that far yet. I think they're considering there's they're, they're at least strongly considering that. Now, what I will tell you this, Pat, is watch the defense be that I was drunk and I was just talking out of turn. Because to me, it's very clear that this man is not sober. If so, holy crap, how did you get to be a director of research and it, is he is he drunk enough though? Um because he still seems lucid in this. He's not Oh, absolutely, on, absolutely. Though. He's not like it, you can tell that he's had a cocktail or two. Let's just put it that way. Right, right. But what I'm saying is like he might have a little bit of a buzz going, but I don't think he's without his wits. Oh, absolutely. And, and more importantly here, he, Sometimes the words of a drunk man are the honest words. Right. Okay. Now, sometimes they're blathering morons and, you know, whatever. Usually drunks are one of two ways. Happy-go-lucky and the the real personality comes out or they're absolute dickwads, to put it lightly. Right. Um, he seems to be in the first camp, not the second. So that having been said, Pat... I firmly believe they have not gone down the road of actually injecting these things into monkeys. I, I don't think they've gone that far, but it's very clear that they are wrestling with the ethical implications of this. And they're willing to cross the line. Pfizer has crossed every line so far when it comes to putting this together. They sold us on that this is safe, that it's got great efficacy, that it prevents transmission and more importantly, it prevents you from getting sick. Within three months, we knew that it doesn't prevent you from getting sick, that it doesn't prevent transmission. We now know that the efficacy of these things is in the 30 to 40% range. The efficacy of these shots are worse than the worst of the shot in the dark that is the vaccination for influenza every year. I want you, I I want people to understand that the, the chances of this helping you in any way, shape, or form are less than the worst shot that is produced. When they why when they are doing their educated guessing right of of how they put the 
uh, shot together for influenza. They're, they're guessing as to which strain of it is going to be the, the mightiest strain, because why? You want to attack the, the thing that's going to be the most virulent, right? Okay, that's fine. But it's a guess. And sometimes they guess wrong. And when they guess wrong, we get a bad flu season, right? Okay, COVID's different because it's not just seasonal. It has seasonality, but it's not just seasonal. As in, it doesn't just go away and then become active again. It ebbs and flows, but it's still always there. We're not talking about... I just... I just can't... I, I, I just... I hope people understand what, where I'm going with this. Is it clear to everybody out there? Is it clear to you, Pat, where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this. Okay. Because I, I just... I am really struggling to hold it together. We, we are talking about a, a shot already that was sold to us uh, on a bill of goods. And what are they going to do? Mutate it for their, what? Financial gain. Not for the gain of humanity. Not for we have a technology that has been opened to us by the eyes of God, right? That does not alter whom we are. Because God would never suggest that. I'll just want to say, this is flat out a crime against humanity if they go through with it. Mm -hmm. In Congress, because of this video, Pat, here's my implication of this before we get to the B or not the B uh, and, and then get into the second half of this program. Here's the implication for this. Because of this video, Congress should be hauling everybody involved at Pfizer. We should be subpoenaing all documents. We should have an absolute out-and-out out Nuremberg trial. And this is the proof that we – this is what the, the, the smoking gun, the thing that I've been looking for, not just what's going on in Florida with the grand juries, right? Not just the fact that a Pfizer executive got up in front of – the European Union uh, Congress and, and said, uh, transmissibility, what the hell are you talking about? We never did anything about that, right? We didn't, we didn't test for that. Well, that's part and part, part and parcel of this. But right here is, is one of the worst ethical and moral implications I have ever seen. One of the worst moral and ethical ideas I have ever heard anybody uttering. And it's all about them making money. It has nothing, again, to do with them being able to, to help humanity. It, that is a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, secondary, whatever cause, right? It's, it's eighth or ninth down the food chain of why they would be doing this. Congress needs to haul their asses in front of them with subpoena power, with perjury. We need the documents. And likely the Pfizer executives are going to do what, Pat? They're going to get up in front and plead the fifth, right? So that's why you need the documents. That's why you need Congress to act on this. And, if anything, and, this... Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, if anything, this this video that that Project Veritas is un, is released mm-hmm. in in the report, if anything, if anything, this should spark an investigation. And as you said, that investigation should lead to a Nuremberg style trial, depending on what we find. Yeah, I just. I just, I, I, I struggle to think that Congress will do the right thing here as well. But if they could do anything, it would be the power of subpoena of those documents. And then let's let us have that tribunal. Let's put them in front. Let's put this on television like the Nuremberg trials, right? And let's, let's hold them to account for this. Because we have to tell the world that if we are a moral, just, and right, and ethical people, we are never going down this path. Never. Because the implications of this are basically what, Pat? That we're going to put this out into the public vis-a-vis monkeys and you cannot possibly, this is Planets of the Apes shit, right? You cannot possibly know what will happen next. You can't control for the unknown variable. This is not like a Petri dish scenario, okay? You don't have any control of the environment at that point in time. None zip zero zilch. And we need to make it abundantly clear, there's a line, and you cross it, look the hell out. But with that, Pat, uh, before we get into the rest of the insanity of what took place with uh, the, the Pfizer shots here, I think it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Are you ready? I'm always ready for this. All right, so today's headline, as you are ready, Black smoke rises from Vatican as Pope tosses another Bible into the fireplace. Today's headline, Black smoke rises from the Vatican as Pope tosses another Bible into the fireplace. And while you are thinking about that, folks, um, Illinois is the third largest exodus state behind New York and California, and actually number one in per, uh, per capita exodus, if you take a look at that number. So if you are thinking of also joining that exodus, let me, Andrew Coppins, licensed realtor here in the state of Illinois with Exit Strategy Realty, help you make that move because I can also recommend really great people to help you in your move to wherever you're going. I have a ton of contacts all over this country that can help you. And more importantly, I can help you maximize your sale potential as you exit this hellhole of a state. So you can go to closewithcoppins.com or you can find me on Instagram at Andrew Coppins Realtor or on TikTok at Andrew Coppins. Uh, Very, very simple. Hit up those DMs. Uh, You can get to the website and you can have my phone number and all that wonderful, wonderful goodness there. But if you are looking to make a move, whether that's staying in the city and moving up to the burbs or Um, probably joining the hundreds of thousands of people over the last few years that have left the state, I can help you. Closewithcoppins.com. Again, closewithcoppins.com. Licensed realtor. 
in Illinois with Exit Strategy Realty. All right, Pat. So today's headline is Black Smoke Rises from Vatican as Pope Tosses Another Bible into the Fireplace. Is this the bee or not the bee? Because I don't actually believe the Pope would do that. I'm going to go with the Babylon Bee. <laughs> you, I, are you sure the Pope wouldn't do that, though? Well, I guess the question is, is the Pope Catholic? I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if the Pope is even religious, like, like for God religious or just uh, socialist religious. That's what I'm starting to wonder. So you are correct, Ooh. though. This is the Babylon Bee. From Vatican City, black smoke was seen rising from the chimney of the world-famous Sistine Chapel as Pope Francis tossed another Bible into the fireplace to keep himself warm. According to sources, the Pope's penchant for Bible burning has led to a series of spiritual gaffes in which he appears to undermine the Catholic faith. A multitude of bishops reportedly confronted the Holy See regarding recent declarations that, quote, being homosexual is not a crime, and suggesting that he's confusing the subject, making it harder for homosexuals to confront their sin. But when they attempted to appeal to him with scripture, they discovered all of the Bibles had been passed through the flame. Quote, the Pope is in a constant battle against the sin of climate change, said Vatican spokesperson Father Mario Pisa. What do you want him to do? Be cold? Climate change, his holiness muttered to himself as he stirred up the flames with the fire poker. The greatest evil of our age. I bet it says something about it in the Bible I just burned. Though the Pope had several idols he was supposed to be burning, including a wooden totem depicting Incan goddess uh, Pachamama, he found that Bibles burned best. I can't offend the Amazonians, declared the Supreme Pontiff. They throw spears. Cardinals, bishops, and priests, all upset with the way the Pope was handling the matter, were reportedly unable to convince the Pope he was bringing undue scandal upon the church. Eh, it's fine, shrugged American Bishop John Ganvishpiel. I can't just tell the Pope he's wrong. He's the Pope. He continued, he probably knows what he's doing. Maybe this is 40 chess. At publishing time, Pope Francis ran out of Bibles to burn and mistakenly used wood instead, which caused white smoke to rise from the chimney. The College of Cardinals suddenly descended upon him and appointed a new Pope. Wow. Um, now, as not the bee pointed out, would somebody please get the Pope Fran uh, get Pope Francis a copy of Romans one? Yeah, I saw that yesterday actually. Because so yesterday, and without going too far into the weeds here, Pope Francis declared uh, that I don't think he's wrong necessarily in the initial declaration that he made that homosexuality is not a crime; it is a sin. And I happen to agree with him, okay, on that part of it. But he went further in this while he talked about grace and he talked about how other sins are not crimes, but there are sins. So what he is saying basically is that we shouldn't make a sin a crime. That That's when you actually read the words here, right? Criticize the laws that criminalize homosexuality is unjust, saying that God loves all his children just as they are. He went on to say, um, uh, where are the exact words here? I can't quite find it. But anyway, he went on to talk about how God talks about um, not having grace for others as being a sin, right? That's true. 
But but are you implying that then we should apply that and make that a crime? Or what about somebody who is a pedophile, Pope Francis? Question for mm. you. The mm. Bible says pedophilia is wrong and that it's a crime, by the way. The Bible says that. Okay? The Bible implicitly says it. So should we so should we embrace the pedophile and and make sure that it's not a sin anymore? Or, or, or that it's not a crime because it's just a sin and we have to have grace. Right? Here's the thing that the Pope does not understand. Romans 1 teaches us what? Damnation can come to, to us all, right? Right. But more importantly, that grace without repentance is antithetical. Grace does not come before repentance. You have to be repentant in your sin for me to give you that grace. You have to show a wantedness to atone for the sin before I give you the grace. It's the Bible's version of trust but verify, right? Grace is what? Trusting and loving, right? Right. Okay. The verification comes in redemption. And the verification comes from repentance, right? Grace is redemption, but it only comes with repentance. If you are an unrepentant sinner over and over and over and over and over again, and you don't make any strides towards changing anything about that sin, Do you deserve grace? His suggestion is what? Because he goes further to basically say that we have to love. Yes, we do, right? Love all of God's creation, God's children. That is what he taught us. That is what is taught in the Bible. To love the sinner, but not the sin. But also, we've talked about this a thousand times, Pat. The other part of the the next verse in that whole situation is Jesus teaching us that to love the sinner is to love their repentance. There's a great part of the book of Matthew in which God reveals himself. I shouldn't say that. Jesus become the, the Jesus becomes white right like he's lifted up if you will and they and I think it's Peter and two other of the disciples they end up seeing whom they end up seeing Jesus Elijah and Moses and they talk about how having seen them right and and they basically in the gospel of Matthew they're setting up at this point Jesus ascending into heaven eventually. And this is now known to Peter and other people. But within that, they also talk about how the disciples were unable to heal somebody earlier. Right? And they they asked Jesus why they couldn't heal. And Jesus says, it's not about you. It's about the people who are attempting to be healed that they are unrepentant, that they are not done with their sin. 
So I can't heal somebody who doesn't want to heal themselves, in other words. And you won't be able to. Because you are not aware of their continued sin. That's why. It had nothing to do with, with your ability to heal, your ability to use God in the healing power of God in his only son, right? And then also in that story, Elijah is known to them as John the Baptist. It's revealed that Elijah is John the Baptist, thus fulfilling other parts of the prophecy of the Messiah, right? God opens our eyes in, in his time, not our time. We know all of these things to be true. The, the Pope, what, what are we doing here? This is antithetical to all teachings of the church. How is this possible? Like, there are people who are of the traditional and the more progressive and in the center of this that are just flabbergasted by what the Pope just said. And as a Catholic, right, this is different from a lot of other parts of Christianity. The point of the Pope is that he is the Holy See. S-E-E, -E, not S-E-A. The Holy See, meaning, meaning his eyes are opened to God and to Jesus Christ, and he is the living embodiment of that here on earth. Thus, he has been known to God, and God has made himself known to him and speaks through him. But as I look at this, this is, how is this possible? My question to you, Pat, before we get uh, going further on the rest of this stuff, is a very simple one. Have we seen the spirit of the age manifest itself inside the Catholic Church right here? It's a serious question that I have been pondering. Um, <clears throat> as speaking as not a Catholic, um, it would look to me as, as yes. I, I think you could make, make a case another way. Sure. But, um, it looks to me, yes, yes, it has. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it's just the Catholic church, mind you. I think this is even applicable, even to my own, to some degree. But yeah, I, I do. But I, I also think the spirit of the age has in, uh, infiltrated this particular pope and the, the, the Catholic Church as we know it for some time. I don't think this just happened yesterday. I think this has been happening for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and to, to, uh, it's, it's something that I've been pondering because as I also am reading the, you know, the, the Bible in a year, there are different ways in which God uses <clears throat> good and evil, right? Right. You look at the story of Joseph, right? There's a great example of how evil is being done to Joseph vis-a-vis -vis his own flesh and blood. There are numerous examples of how God uses humanity or the devil is using humanity and God <clears throat> only reveals that devil at the time in which it is right for them to strike that devil down, right? Right. But also, Matthew, again, 
721 is a great example of this, right? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. He's, the Pope is literally skipping a step. He is skipping the whole point. Right? He, he wants to separate sin from criminality, and that's fine, but most of our criminality comes from whom? God's words to Moses, right? The Ten Commandments, as we know them. Are we? And I pointed this out to you yesterday, the last night. Are we? Uh, would the Pope suggest that we should separate murder, the the murderer? So that's no longer a crime; it's a sin, and and God will deal with it. Now that's true; God will deal with that murderer. But can that murderer be repentant? Yes. Absolutely. Thus, thus, then that repentance gives us that grace that we're talking about, and it's not just humanic grace; it is the grace of the of God. And furthermore, he wants to create this inclusivity of the church. What he is attempting to do here, Pat, for me, is one of the most sick things I have ever seen. It is the work of the devil in my eyes. Because what he is going to attempt to do here is wash the sin of the pedophilia that has existed in and the pederasty existing within that Catholic church and thus open the floodgates to open gayness within the uh within the priesthood because it exists right i mean there there's no right. question that 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 it exists within the priesthood just as it exists within the lutheran church and all, all sorts of other churches right right but this is the attempt to open up that faith hole if you will and suck it in to one of the most demonic things i have ever seen in my entire life not just that we're going to allow open sin within the supposed most faithful of us all. And it's going to be okay because it's all about inclusivity. That is not the message of God, by the way. The message of God is to love all, right? But again, it is not to love all and allow them to do whatever the hell they want. No. I, I just I I can't think of anything other than this is how the devil is going to manifest itself here. This is the spirit of the age working through literally holiness, but we've seen that throughout the Bible, right? Look at Judas. You look at all sorts of other people. They're they're, they're doing the work of evil. The the brothers of Joseph, right? <clears throat> who throw him into the pit, and then he goes to Egypt, right? And becomes a slave of Pharaoh, but he becomes the greatest master of all in the end, right? He becomes the greatest master Egypt has ever seen. He is as powerful as Pharaoh. This is perhaps Romans 1 for the Catholic Church. This is maybe that wake-up call for the Church. Maybe this is that moment in which Holy shit. And yes, I'm using that term literally. We need to clean up our house once and for all. I I, I just... 
he continues to go not just 180 on teachings of the church, but 180 on the Bible itself. That's not to suggest I believe that there should be human crime for being gay. That's not, no. But the Bible does say that it is a sin, and thus you have to repent of that in order to receive grace in the end. Does that mean that I have to be an asshole to you? No. Does that mean that I can rail against that sin? Yeah, sure. Just like I could adultery or any other pederasty, pedophilia, right? Some of which are illegal and should be illegal. I, I just, it's not just about how he wants to separate it. It's what's the end game of that separation, right? The end game of that separation is the opening of and the acceptance of this behavior within the church itself. All right. Now, with that having been said, Pat, we've got a lot more to get into here. So let's just continue down the road of the evilness of and the spirit of the age manifesting itself vis-a-vis Pfizer. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys? This is unethical, to say the least, and Walker describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out, because this is just like something that's dying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this, it's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution, okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean, is that what it is then? Maybe, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Or you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses, like, yeah. they probably not. But you do like these like selected threshold mutations to try to see if you yeah. So there, there is research on playing about that. I don't know how that's gonna work. There not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. So, um, tell me more. Like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but uh, it seems like from what heard, they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow. They're very cautious. Like, you know, right. That was they don't want to accelerate too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation. Boy, so did that, did the whole virus mutation thing like come from your executive, Sarah? No, no, that came from like, we have like two scientific officers in like the other division. Thoughts, Pat? Um, we'll start with this. Um, what is the difference between gain of function and... and directed evolution uh, look i'm not a i'm not an evolutionary biologist so i don't necessarily know but i'm a critical thinker and you can clearly see that this is just word games semantics right it is gain of function by just another name it's the same game that we talk about when they when they repackage crt when they repackage this gender ideology Right. All they're doing is playing that shell game. It is all the same concepts, right? 
It's just mm-hmm. different terminology. It's the same thing with the World Economic Forum now not doing ESG, right? And and they're talking about um, stakeholder capitalism. That is ESG. It is the end game of ESG, but it sounds better, right? It doesn't sound as spooky right. And, right. and scary until you understand the concept of ESG, meaning that government has a stake in ESG and that thus a stake in those companies. It, that, that's, that's not good. I mean, I mean, call it gain of function, call it directed evolution. Either way, this sounds to me like you're trying to play God and you're trying to play with things that you do not understand. And it's not even about <clears throat> it's not even about they they don't understand, because, again, the only way that we gain that knowledge and understanding is through that experimentation process. Correct. And, and that's fine. Sure. That's mm. fine. But to your point. The, the the version of this that that is bothersome here is that <clears throat> there's no control. There's no right. way that you gain control, right? Gain of function research is dangerous because th- at the end of this, at the as you as you go from I'm going to experiment with different mutations of the virus in a petri dish to let's see how this mutates in in this or that, you lose the control once you put that out into an environment. Right. So monkeys, is, um, rats, yeah. mice, um, mice and rats are easier to control. Right. Because you can literally right. put them in a box. Um, but when we talk about things like bats or things that have the ability to to be with go without the control of human beings. Right. You can't. Right. Sure. You could put a monkey in a box. Right. And do that. But that would be highly unethical. Mice and rats are a little bit different when it comes to some of these things because you can grow them in a lab, right? You could do that. Right. You can, you know, whatever. But the, the, the point of the matter here is that you lose control. At one point or another, you are no longer in that control. And when your experimentation goes that far, you have gone too far. But they're not done, Pat. What, what's the goal for well, Pfizer of doing that? So probably what they want to do is like to try to figure out, to some extent, try to figure out like, you know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactic for like new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking like if we do it control in the lab, then we say, oh, this is a new epitope. And so then if it comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on Oh my God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, if it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times like we just mutations that pop up, right? And we're not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron, right? And things like that. So who knows? I mean, either way, it's gonna be a cash cow. COVID is probably a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah, I obviously like. <laughs> And there it is. There it is. That's that's what this is all about. Yep. The money. Yep. It always has been. And it always will be. This is the scientific manifestation of the spirit of the age. I am fully convinced of this. Because if this was... Re- money should be the byproduct of good right at the end of all of this pat yeah and it 
looks like it's the front and center and the driving force of this. This is the same <clears throat> thing that we've seen play out over and over again, the Vanderbilt um, scientist, right? The scientist from Vanderbilt who does what? Tells the world it's all about right. uh, money for them when it comes to the mutation of children. Right. Okay. There you have it. And I can't think of anything that manifests itself more than the spirit of the age than money being the root of your motivation. And that goes for any business, by the way. Look, you yes, profit is good. Yes, making money can be good. But if it comes at the cost of your humanity, others' humanities, um, selling your soul literally to the spirit of the age, these mm. people don't care about humanity. No, in any way, shape, or form. Either. I mean, just take a look at the last two clips, right, that we just played, and notice what happens. There's an evil laugh. Did you not notice that in both of oh, those I cases? Oh, I caught it. Yeah. There's a laugh as to he knows exactly how stupid most of this is and how ridiculous it is, and yet here we are. And <laughs> goes full on uh, Smithers, if you will. I, I just we are in a dark time through the church, as we talked about today, through science, through government, through culture. Through academia. And the only answer is turning to God for me. The only answer is making sure that we get right with God. That's why it's the number one step in the, the process of, of reviving liberty. Liberty was given to us by God. It's the story of Exodus, right? It is the story of almost all of the Old Testament of the Bible. It's the story of most of the New Testament, too, by the way. The, the, the bondage of the evil Pharisees and Sadducees, right? The bondage of the Roman Republic. The bondage of sin, by the way. Mm -hmm. And turning to Christ can help. Look, not I'm perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are. We all sin. I'm not better than any of the rest of you, but I at least have the acknowledgement of my sin. I have at least have the acknowledgement that I am not perfect. I have at least the acknowledgement that I'm not going to attempt to perfect humanity because I know that it is not something that is in my control, in my power. And the things that I would hope for and abund for will be provided to me in God's time, not my time. But with that said, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Nuremberg. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547.